Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Hello, supporters of independent music. Thank you for downloading this podcast and spending time with me and my guest this week, who is Jesse Barnett. He's the vocalist from Stick to Your Guns, plays in Trade Wind, also plays in Ways Away. He is a man about town in regards to music, but then he also runs a very, very cool community-oriented bookstore called All Power Books here in the greater Los Angeles area. And I'd like to call him a friend. I've known Jesse for... Oh my gosh. I don't know. The better part of 15 years, I actually worked with uh, Stick to Your Guns on technically their second full-length release um, and uh, when I was over at Century Media Records. And I've just always really enjoyed him as a person. We uh, care about each other deeply, and I think this conversation reflects it because I actually had him on the show, gosh, I want to say episode five, six, very early days of this. So I, I dare you to go back and listen to it in the archives. But uh, so this is a a more philosophical, like, where have you been the last 10 years, even though I know where he's been, but we get into it. And we talk a lot about the social media hate that uh, was poured onto him recently. Uh, it, I don't think he's discussed it in many places because, you know, frankly, there were a lot of people that were just looking for clicks, just looking for, you know, salacious headlines or whatever it is that uh, people do. But Jesse was, uh, you know, felt comfortable enough to where we talked about that in depth. But um, we also talked about the band's new record, Spectre, that just came out. It's a very, very good release. I think their seventh full length, if I'm not mistaken, um, which it may be more. I'm just like trying to operate off memory. But um, yeah, they're just, they're doing the damn thing. And we actually talk a lot about Europe as well, because the band has increase in popularity over there over the past, I would say, seven, eight years or so. It's been pretty awesome to watch that. So anyways, the most important thing, very wide-ranging conversation. And Jesse is a dude that I'd love to have conversations with. Let's talk about 
some favors you can do for me because that's what I'm asking for. First of all, tell your friends about this show. That's the best way, word of mouth, marketing, all that sort of stuff. I'm not, you know, doing any paid marketing for this show. So that is the best way to spread that general awareness. You can also leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, or you can leave a rating on Spotify, whatever platform you listen on. Those are the biggest two. That's why I named those. Um, that would be awesome to do that. You can always email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. I love to receive feedback, emails, whatever it is that you are interested in corresponding with me on. I am there for it. And uh, yeah, let's just talk to Jesse. I am excited because I'm going to a few shows coming up. Went to, actually, you know what? I'm going to talk about a show I went to recently. I went to the Sunday Drive Records and New Mortality Zine Showcase here in Southern California at the beautiful Program Records Skate Shop. (laughs) I was like, Program Skate Shop Records? I don't know which one to list first, but Program is great because they are now a venue that everybody is generically aware of and looks forward to playing shows. Like I I spoke to a, a few bands that played on the Saturday that I went to and they were just like, oh yeah, like this is the place to play in Southern California now. It's awesome. But I have to give a shout out to both of those record labels. They're doing really cool work. You need to check out Sunday Drive Records. You need to check out New Mortality Zine. They are um, putting out not only great music, but they have a great aesthetic, great DIY, independent-minded releases. They also are just really good humans. So shout out to them for putting on a really, really cool show. And shout out to the people at Program and all the people that uh, bring those shows there because I love to be in small sweaty rooms with people because that's why we do this thing, right? Anyways, let's talk to Jesse, who is a great human being and is also a vocalist for a band called Stick to Your Guns. Let's go. Like I was saying before we I literally pressed a button to record, it has been 10 years since we spoke on the microphones. And um it's it's funny because you're I actually was listening to that episode uh a couple of nights ago, and you it, it's funny because both you and I like sound legitimately younger. And I know that that <laughs> is kind of obvious to say, but like we just sound like, you know, not little kids, but just like, oh, that's cute. Like there we are. 10 years ago. We were just little insignificant children then. <laughs> now we're all grown up and super serious. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I, I just, I mean, for one, I appreciate the fact that you were like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll do this on your fifth episode where you're going to have negative four people listening to this, but it's cool. It's fine. I want to <laughs> hang. And I, uh, this may be kind of big to start off with, but you know, 10 years is obviously a decade is a long time. Um, what do you yourself, like if I were to, you know, put you on the spot, which I literally am right now in the past 10 years, what would you say the biggest shift in yourself? Like whether it's the way that you deal with other people, whether it's, you know, cause there's a lot of maturity that happens in a 10 year span. So I don't know if you uh, have the ability to reflect on that, but uh, I'm asking you to. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, yeah, I mean, we're talking about like literally from, from today, this moment back 10 years. Exactly. Right. That's honestly, and it might, it might, it might be the answer you're expecting. Maybe not, but like the pandemic for, for, 
for sure. Like with, without a doubt. Um, and I think a big reason for that is like, I mean, you, you, you know, this, you, you've been in bands that tour. It's like you, if, if you're a band that decides to like pull the pin and like go for it, like, like, all right, we're just going to be like road dogs, which I, I definitely think that stick to your guns would fall into that category. You get into such a momentum that's awesome, but it can also make things seem like a, like a blur. And, and the fact that, that the pandemic didn't, it didn't even slow down to a, to a halt. It literally just stopped everything. I was literally in the middle of a tour. You know what I mean? Like when, when, when it happened. So that was like a huge, at first, an insane relief because I felt like I already had felt like for a while, like we had just been overdoing it. And then of course I was overdoing it even more, you know, tri- touring with like Tradewind and, and, and wish you were here and the other projects that I have. I, it, 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 I, I spread myself even, even more thin than, than stick to your guns kind of does. So it was a relief at first. And then it became a whole introspective thing on like, who is Jesse? You know what I mean? Like not, not like who, like, cause I think for a lot of people, I'm like the singer of stick to your guns. So it's like, sometimes I like think that I'm that as well. And so I feel like I, I had maybe lost track of like, or like, like who am I outside of this thing? Um, and so that was like a huge, and, and I think like kind of understanding or at least starting to engage with that really helped me in the way that I do interact with people or at least helped me recognize um, the way that I interact with, with, with people sometimes, or, or, you know, I felt like it challenged me to, to, to make myself a better version, I guess, without sounding too corny. (laughs) No, I I think that, I mean, yes, it sounds corny, but it's the truth. And I think that it, I mean, it is interesting when you are looking at this, you know, treadmill that you step on in regards to everything you're talking about from you being constantly active in one way, shape or form with your, you know, your, your main chick versus your side piece, (laughs) (laughs) but just joking aside, but just that idea that you're in that constant motion and you don't have you're when you're on tour, you're basically in that kind of, you know, it sounds dramatic, but survival mode where you don't have the only times that you do have by yourself are meant to like literally decompress. No, exactly. It's exactly. It's like almost like, it's almost like, um, you know, I've used this, I've used this, this kind of analogy a lot, but it's almost like your, your life as like, almost as if your life is like a credit card, almost it's like, the time that you have off, it's like, that's the time you have to like pay for all the aggro shit you just did to yourself that you just put yourself through. You know what I mean? So it's almost like this, like constant, like, okay, run yourself ragged, like, like squeeze every drop out and then just like lay down and try to get as much of it as you can back, um, in between tours and, and, and shit like that. And obviously, you know, to, to kind of go on the same analogy, it's like the more touring I was doing and the more, the more kind of like, I won't say unnecessary just because I love doing it. So it, it all fe- feels and seems necessary to me, but I'm sure some of it wasn't necessary. So it's like, you know, the, the, the more you spread yourself thin with unnecessary things, instead of like taking the time to like, let yourself like refill on your life's, you know, juice or whatever, you don't, you, you know, you just, you're, you go into the next thing empty, you know what I mean? So, and that's, that can wear you out. Sure. And I, I never thought about it in regards to growth because there is that level of stagnation that happens with people who do step on the 
treadmill of playing in bands and, you know, the, the lifers that many of us know. And not to say that if you are a lifer that you can't evolve as a human, because that's not the truth, but there is less room to do that than when you are just par- simply participating in what most people would constitute as a normal life, because those are the times in which you actually can sit down and ask yourself, like, what is it that I want out of this? You know, and I mean, same thing can be said about working just a normal job or whatever. But yeah, it's the the growth can sometimes be stagnated because of that. No, for sure. And and I think it's important to ask yourself what you want out of it, because to me, it's like, if I'm going to have this incredible opportunity to, to, to be able to make a living off of like this incredibly difficult thing, although, you know, it's it's a part of me, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I real I recognize my position and and what I get to do for for a living and and a lot of the times it's incredibly difficult um, and sometimes you know it's like it's like you know I even joke you know me and Tom always joke with each other like oh just let's just go get applications to Target but we we, we you know we because sometimes this shit this shit can just be incredibly like can can run you ragged and make you feel like oh my god but I'm 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 super grateful to to be able to do that. And I, and I kind of recognize it. And I think you, you always kind of have to periodically take the inventory of like, Whoa, this is, this is, this is really, this is really cool. And, and, you know, to, to drive the point home even just a little bit more, it's like you, you and I kind of grew up in the same rooms granted at different times. And it's like, I remember when I was standing at a show at one of our many venues that we used to have in, in Orange County, um, like I would be there being like, I would do anything to be up there. You know, and, 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 and I got to remember like, oh, I, not only did I achieve what like young Jesse who, 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 you know, was this super passionate kid, not only did I achieve like what young Jesse wanted, it's like, I think I exceeded it in a lot of ways. And when you get into, when you get into that kind of like, I don't know, like uh hyper sleep mode, you know what I mean? When you're just like flying along. Um, you can forget that sometimes. And so it's like, I, I, I try to consciously check myself and remember like, yo, this, this is cool. You know what I mean? Regardless of all the <laughs> bullshit that you got to deal with sometimes it's, it's, it's definitely been worth it. And I think moving forward, I kind of realized like that 10 year old to like 14 year old Jesse, like to me, that's when I was the coolest I've ever been. So now my life's goal as a, as, as I'm going to be 35 this year, my life's goal now is just make sure what you're doing is making that kid proud. <laughs> right make the younger version of yourself like stoked on what you're doing would he be fucking pumped you know what i mean like would he <laughs> be pumped on what what i'm doing yes hell yes maybe not everything and honestly sometimes i use that you know what i mean where it's like you know i know younger jesse wasn't so confrontational as i am now so sometimes younger jesse goes like bro chill out who gives a shit <laughs> you know? and it's like I, I i need that you know <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I do like that. It's, it, 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 I like how you put that because, you know, normally it's maybe putting a parental voice or a brother or some other family member that is in your head of like the co-signing experience that's like, oh, if I make this person proud and I, I just like the fact that you, you, you've you encapsulated that into your younger self. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Because honestly, too, it's like, even though my mom is probably the person I've been most honest with in my life, it's like, I for sure lied to her. So it's like, who knows you better than, you know what I mean? Like literally yeah. your younger you is like the only one who has like seen it all and knows everything. So it's like, he, he's going to call you on your shit. You can't trick him. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> right. He's seen it all. He's been there. He's you, you know?
Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Th- that voice in your head is, has always been there and always will be there. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And it, it's interesting too. I was reflecting on this where, you know, even though ostensibly you are young, I know it's old from a sort of punk rock hardcore idea of things, but the, I mean, the band has existed for, you know, close to 20 years and you are for sure an old band now <laughs> and you've made it work and you've made it very successful. And it's interesting that I'm sure that you are touring with bands now who saw you. It's like, oh man, I never thought we'd be on the same stage as Six Year Guns. And I know that that can happen pretty quickly in punk and hardcore, but how does that kind of sit with you feeling like you are the older kid on the block now still doing it? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's amazing. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a weird thing because like i still i myself view you as younger which you obviously are but then that notion of just like oh jesse's like an old head so like now i'm like old old head and then you know whatever brian from knock loose is like a child but like i'm just like how is this all transpiring because we're all not that far <laughs> in age difference know, it's just weird here's, here's the thing though it's like you you're in the clear because I'm in that weird like you know when like people say like the people who grow their hair out they're always like yeah I'm growing it out and it's in, it's in that awkward in between stage like that's that's kind of where I am and you are you are in the old you are in the like the varsity group who's always just going to be held up as cool and then the younger kids are obviously cool because they're the ones in control now right so I'm in I'm not quite varsity yet <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> I'm like. I'm like in that awkward in between stage where people are like, "What? You're? Oh, wait, six year guns? Like the move fan? They're still they're still doing? You know what I mean? It's like, no. I, but I, I'm I definitely am being modest. I, there that does happen a lot. It does happen a lot where people are like, "Dude, I never thought in a million years I'd be on the stage." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it's just it's just like, holy shit! All right, so I, I I like it. You know what I mean? I think it's I think it's really cool. It's a, it's it's a it's a funny idea to think like someone popped on one of our records and was just like, "This makes me want to start a band." Like that's that's always funny. Um, it's not that I don't believe it. You know, it's like because the exact same thing happened to me. Um, so it's like you know, I, I did that. So I know what that's like to do that, but it's, it's, it is a very rewarding feeling for sure. And I think the different for me so far, I have been okay with being old in, in, in hardcore and metalcore. Like I've been okay with it, but simply because we still care about what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, I think where it really starts to go downhill and it kind of starts to have like a sad look is when you it's like, when you get to that wrap it up stage, because it's like the people on stage don't care about playing anymore. The people writing the songs don't care about writing the songs anymore. It's just like one of those like, Oh, well we always did it. So we'll just keep doing it. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you've known a million of those bands. Um, and I think that even like for a band, like let's to, to flip it on you really quick for a band like taken, it's like you guys always just toured exactly what you wanted to do. So it's like, I feel like you always kept it insanely special. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, when things do become habitual, either because you don't feel like there's any other path for you in your life, and that can go back to everything that we're talking about with the self-reflection and, you know, like, there's, there's no shame in, you know, quote unquote, joining the real world as long as you still care about all of the things that you do care about, because that's, you know, that's part of growing up for many people, but that idea exactly. And so many of us have witnessed that idea of like, why, why is this band actually doing this? Is this just because that's like 
all that they know and they don't really have any other um, creative ideas to bring to the table. And like, you don't have, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, I know like if tomorrow you were to be like, Hey, Taken's going to go write an EP. It would be because you guys want to do that. It's got nothing to do with like different life paths people take or anything like that. It's more so just like, like if you're going to keep doing it, like give give a shit about it. You know what I mean? That's why that's why terror is terror. You know what I mean? It's like they care about terror. They care when and you can see that when especially when they play live. But you can also hear it in their in their records. Like this is a band that fucking loves hardcore. It doesn't matter. It doesn't nothing else matters. Like they just love hardcore and they definitely live it. So it's like that like seeing stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like kind of Vogel for me is like from singer to singer, he's that like he's my North star a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yep. uh, he, every year he keeps going. I'm like, there's another year I can keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like straight up. Um, and I know that there are people who are obviously like older than Scott who are even still doing it. But for me, the connection and relationship I even have with Scott also plays into that too. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's always kind of been my, my compass on that, you know? Yeah. I, I like how you put that. And something that that's interesting, I find with bands not specifically within maybe the hardcore scene maybe we could broaden it out to the warp tour scene even though the warp tour doesn't exist now but just there is the temptation for bands of that certain level from drawing a decent amount of people and you know being an active touring band to kind of soften their harder edges in order to build a bigger tent for people to engage with your music and in my own opinion you guys seem to have done that logically like there hasn't been all of a sudden your next record is like a butt rock record or whatever you know it's like there may be elements of it and not throwing shade that your direction but just there's elements of like a more uh, a musical evolution i know that that is a very conscious effort of you guys to be like okay we don't just want to write the same record on over and over and just be this you know the move hardcore band from orange county you know how do you i guess envision that growth you know from record to record is it as simple as yeah we just don't want to completely recycle ourselves or what's the conversations that go either in your head or obviously in the practice rooms i mean i think i think um it's also just coming like you i feel like you know you know stick to your guns fairly intimately and so it's like 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 each member like you you know our personalities i feel like well enough to 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 like know also like our our music style or sorry our musical taste is very eclectic as well each member having their own um they're like we have we, we have a lot of overlap but a lot of members definitely go off and venture off into their own territory where everyone else is like that shit's garbage you know what I mean? <laughs> or, sure. or whatever or whatever and i think that the way we keep it interesting for ourselves is to try to try to push that boundary i guess like i'm trying to make it not sound so like like i'm like we're some sort of like metalcore pioneers because that's not that's not the vibe at all it's like for me it's almost like the approach for me really when it comes down to it is almost like the death by stereo approach. Like when you listen to um, if looks could kill, or if you listen to um, uh, what's the one after that uh, day of the death. Yeah. Day, day, what is it? Day of the death. I think. Yeah. So it's that purple one. I forget which one it is, which, sure. <laughs> which is arguably uh, probably one of my favorites, but anyway, it's, it's almost like that. Like, like you listen to Ephraim and you're just like, it, do they, does this band have 10 singers or is this guy just fucking crazy? You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's kind of always been like, at least on a, in a spiritual sense, the band that like stick to you like that, at least me personally have, have, have like, um, 
resonated with. I like the fact that they will do anything and they'll go anywhere and they'll, you know, talk, no, you know, they'll talk about the, the subject matter that needs to be, that needs to be talked about. So that was always like a brave, that was, to me, that was always like a brave thing. Even when I was younger and there were, the shows were like these ass beating shows and then, and then death by Syria was on there because they were friends with everybody or whatever. And like, you have this band that just sticks out like a sore thumb. Like I even knew back then, like, damn, that's, that's brave. You know what I mean? Like right. to, 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 to do that. But they, they were just so like, yeah, we, in all honesty, they were probably like harder than all of the fucking hard ass bands that were on the show. You know what I mean? But, um, but you know that I was always just like, damn, that's, that's fucking cool. And, and death by stereo has played a huge, uh, musical impact as, as, especially also like bands like ignite, you know what I mean? And, 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 and for example, um, our darkest days, it's like that, that record was like, they got away with writing a rock record so easily because they, I feel like they did it kind of how you described stick to your guns doing it. You know what I mean? Like in a, in a logical sense, more so than like a, all right, we're just going to do this just because it's like, it's almost like they felt they always had that on the horizon for them. Um, yeah. Where I think stick to your guns is a little bit more ADHD about it. We're, we're just kind of like, this is cool. Let's see if, if we all like it and we can write something cool to it. Let's just see if we can get away with it, you know? Right. I, and I, I appreciate the uh, death by stereo comparison. Cause I, I didn't, think of it in those terms but i yeah they're i mean death by stereo is schizophrenic by nature in regards yeah, to sure, sure. you know one song could be like completely different like there's no real through line on each record besides the fact that you know you know that ephraim is singing and it'll be melodic yet heavy or whatever but right. i i do like that idea that you guys can also throw a lot into a blender and then out comes this aggressive thing but then there's elements of it because i think a lot of it too also has to do frankly with the ability to play that stuff because i I think what probably bumps people out is when you hear this record where it sounds so either overproduced or it just doesn't sound like the band can pull it off live in any capacity um and you guys have always I think kept that in mind that you're not just like, all right, we could do this, but we probably can never do this live. So we're not going to be able to do that. It's interesting. You bring that up because that's like a huge fucking pet peeve of mine when I'm in the studio. And it's like, I understand where producers are coming from where they're like, it doesn't matter. Just like, you know, it doesn't matter if you can do this live. Like we're not, we're not here. This is a record. This is a studio album. You're in the studio. And I feel like that, that has always been the argument that I've gotten, but then I'm just like, yeah, I understand what you're saying, brother, but like, I'm going to have to go and do this later. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not being like insecure or like falsely modest. I'm just telling you right now, I can't do that. You know what I mean? It's like, I might be able to do it like once or twice in the studio with you right now when the conditions are perfect, but I'm telling you right now on day 19 of a 52 day tour, I'm, going to already be gassed and this is going to be difficult for me to do. And so I feel like I've always had to fight for that mentality. You know what I mean? The mentality of just like, Hey, can we, even though, yeah, it would be sick to have like a 15 piece orchestra at the end of this part. Like let's just, let's ease it up. And honestly, normally those ideas are are generally mine. You know what I mean? But like, I try to find that, I try to find that medium between like wanting to explore and also wanting to keep it like realistic, you know? Right. And also, I think the the heaviness that you guys still employ, even when you are not being technically heavy from a musical sense, like maybe it's the lyrics that you are putting forth or just the general mood of it, there's still that 
air of what stick to your guns has always been kind of underneath it as opposed to you know you guys taking a big musical swing and it's you know you're you're doing a ballad that really just has no teeth to it whatsoever no sure sure exactly exactly i think that's always been i think my general rule has always kind of just been like as long as it's genuine i think i think you'll be all right you know what i mean like you're you're never you're never going to be able to like please everybody of course everyone knows that but it's like you're, you there's no way to avoid like the pushback on a new record. There's just no way to avoid it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I think if you start thinking in those terms, like, okay, what's the safest move? Like, what are, what, what, what can we do to that? Won't get a bunch of like people saying negative things about us. Then, then you're kind of already cooked at that point. But um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I think it's important not to like really allow that to dictate the, the, the general direction of what it is you want to do. As long as like what you're doing is genuine, you know what I mean? As long as you're not like quote unquote, as, as we say in hardcore swinging for the fences. And that's like a, we right. say that when like a hardcore medical band's going to like try to like move up into, you know, mainstream stardom or whatever. It's yeah. not like we're trying to like write a rock song or whatever for the sake of doing it. It's just like we wrote a riff and that kind of led to one thing. And all of a sudden at the end, we're kind of left with this like, weird thing that we haven't done but we were at least uh authentic in its making you know what i mean okay it's time to talk about rockabilia.com and that is the place where you will find your one-stop shop for so many different pieces of band merch that you will not even be able to fit it all in your digital cart that's a joke obviously you will but you can use this code 100 words or less that gets you 10 percent off your entire order they have over half a million items they stock all of your favorite stuff from bands that your mom would like, your dad would like, your brother, your sister, your friends. I don't care what it is. They pitch a very wide tent and will be able to sell you exclusively licensed merchandise. And the reason I say that so slowly and deliberately is the fact that bands get paid from this. This isn't some sort of, you know, pop-up big cartel store or whatever. This is the real deal. Bands license it, sign off on the designs, Rockabilia buys it. And then sells it directly to you. So rockabilly.com, awesome, awesome company. Love working with them. And use the promo code 100 words or less, 10% off your entire order. Thank you very much, Rockabilia. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different things that stress us out, right? Like maybe it's something really, really small, like, man, that parking space, it's always taken. And I wish that I would be able to like get it. Instead of, you know, this person that maybe, you know, is the most courteous and considerate. I know that's something very random, but it's true. We all experience different things throughout the day that trigger us in so many different ways. And there are many times where I have been like, I wish that I had a, a spot or a repository for me to, you know, get this stuff off of my chest. Because if you bottle it up, that is no bueno. And then all of a sudden you explode on a coworker or a friend or a family member being like the parking spot. And people are like, what are you talking about? That is where therapy comes in. And I love working with BetterHelp because I'm a huge advocate for therapy, broadly speaking. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, please give BetterHelp a try. It is so easy because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you are not vibing with the therapist for any reason, you can switch it out at no additional charge. 
Get things off of your chest with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Ray today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Ray. On that same point, when do you feel like you, I guess, recognize that? Because there is definitely, I mean, you have enough of a track record as far as your, you know, the output of your releases. You guys are a fairly prolific band. When do you think you kind of notice that in your head, being able to turn off, like, I can't care about the, you know, public's opinion in regards to the way that our music is going to go? Was that, I guess, earlier? Was that sort of mid-band career? Or are you still learning? (laughs) No, I'm definitely I'm definitely still learning, but it's 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 not so much. I um, how do I say this? I feel like I've grown confident enough in who I am as like a songwriter. You know what I mean? And I hate mm-hmm. it's like we're writing metalcore songs, and so I I, I never really like to be like oh I'm a songwriter, but you, you know what I mean? Like I I write other kinds of songs too. Like I've I've been in the studio a lot, and I feel like I'm that's like my territory. That's where I feel like I'm, I'm kind of like in my element. And so the more my confidence has grown in that aspect, all of the, all of the, the negative shit kind of just gets like, I, like, I don't, I don't really care about that, that kind of stuff anymore. You know what I mean? Now to, to flip it in a live aspect, that's where, that's where it's harder to, um, kind of just be like, Oh, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when you go play, when you go play a show and you're playing like a thousand cap room and like 400 kids come out, it's like, it, that's always a weird feeling. Cause it's like 400 kids is amazing. That's awesome for a show. It's just not in a room that's appropriate. So it, you walk out there and it's like you looking out at this big empty room and it's like, you really got to have, you have to have the mindset to be like, just, just rock the shit, rock the shit. Like it's fucking completely sold out. You know what I mean? Who cares? And, um, that was harder to learn. And I feel like that is, that's been, that's been probably the thing I've been most proud of learning is just like, just go and do your thing. You know what I mean? Like, remember that these are the songs that you wrote and that you love. So just go play the shit. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, do what you can while you're out here. But, but yeah, uh, I, I definitely, I definitely care a hell of a lot less than I used to. <laughs> sure. And, and this is kind of random. I was going to ask this later, but I think it's appropriate to bring up now where, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, you don't, you, and this is going to sound so stupid, but like you don't use any of your monitors, do you? No. So I do now. And, and, okay. and um, that has like helped me immensely. And, and okay. I always, I always make the jokes too. Cause like we didn't start using them until Europe when the shows like really started taking off for us there. You know what I mean? It's like, Right. We would do a U.S. headliner and we'd probably draw like 350 kids all over the U.S. And it's like, hell yeah. But then, you know, two weeks later, we're flying to Europe and all of a sudden it's like, oh, where's the show? It's like, oh, it's here. And it's like, wait, this is 1,500 people. And it's like, yeah, and it's sold out. It was like, whoa, what just happened? You know what I mean? It's like we we weren't we weren't expecting it. So anyway, we started we, – that's when I was like, okay, maybe, you know, it was actually George who convinced me, get in your monitors. And I always made the joke, it's like, once you're good, once you're big enough to play venues where the monitors are amazing, that's when people start getting in your monitors. It's almost like you need, it's almost like the bands playing VFW halls need in your monitors because there's no monitors anywhere. You know what right. I mean? Like you can't, you can't fucking, you can't hear shit. And so I, I always thought that was funny, but yeah, um, it's like the, the mo- it's like the reverse the monitors are amazing. Yeah. It's like, why would I need these things? But anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm on them now. <laughs> 
for sure. That's no, that that's cool. Cause I, I was wondering, I, th- the reason I mentioned that is because I, I know that there are definitely people, especially when it comes to, you know, hardcore bands singing and screaming and all of that sort of stuff. Like there are people that have a certain level of, uh, loudness in regards to their vocals, especially when it comes to recording. And, you know, you have to know how to regulate yourself to not just, you know, one song into it, be like, all right, cool. Well, I'm done. And you're like, well, you got 13 songs left in the set. Like I can't do that. And, but you've always had from what I could tell, like, you know, a pretty powerful voice. So that makes it even harder to regulate. And so that's, I was just curious, like when that became part of your, you know, vocalist journey as it were. Yeah, sure. Interestingly enough, um, it was on a tour that I was doing where I had had I had had a lot of free time off before it, and I almost didn't use my voice like at all. I remember it was like I had about like three months off, maybe. Shit, I can't really remember. But anyway, I had an extended an extended period of time off, and then I went into this uh, Parkway Drive tour that we had, and halfway through we had to cancel the tour because I was having so many uh, vocal problems, and so I came home and I went to a a. a like a vocal doctor. I had been going to like ear, 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 nose, throat doctors. And they would like do the thing where they stick that like camera up my nose and it would go down into my throat and they would like look around and shit, but they wouldn't be able to see anything. And so it was always just like, God, what the fuck is going on? And so I went to an actual vocal doctor and she was like, Oh, those things don't work. The picture's blurry. The camera is like horrible. She's like, I'm an actual like vocal cord, like singer doctor. So I, I went to her cause she was a specialist. She stuck this like foot and a half metal. It was horrible. Anyway, it was this thing that went straight down my throat. I had to, I had to like position myself in such a way where like my throat was like completely like open, you know what I mean? And it was just like straight down. Right. And so she like stuck this thing down in my throat. It was like looking around and like having me like look at the screen through the corner of my eyes. And like, I was looking at all my insides and shit, but maybe too much information. I apologize. No, it's good. I, li- I love it. But uh, Yeah, it was, it was crazy to see. And I, I was starting to develop like some like uh, early, uh, I guess, early signs of like getting like vocal polyps or something, which can, yeah. you know, you know, once you start going down that road, you're just, you're, you're, that's a bad road to be on. Um, so, but she was letting me know, she's like that the vocal cords are a muscle, which is like, I guess I should have known that for doing this thing for 15 years. So she, cause I asked her, I was like, well, should I, should I stop? She goes, no, if anything, you should do it more, but you just have to do it correctly. It's like going to the gym. You know what I mean? It's like, if you go to the bench press 400 pounds, but you never bench press before you're going to, you're going to hurt yourself. And that's ultimately kind of like what I did when I came back on the parkway tour, I went so hard after having so much rest that I just like my shit just something happened. So, um, I got enough, I got a lot of vocal rest and then honestly doing things like I do weekly band practices with ways away here in LA. And it's like that kind of shit. Like I feel like has made me, I feel like I'm in the best vocal health I've ever been in my life. Um, I feel super strong, you know what I mean? And so it's like, it's, you know, funny enough singing more, but also being conscientious about what I'm doing has, has made, has made me a stronger uh, singer. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. I, 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 appreciate the walking through that idea because i i think it is so many people just look at that idea of you know being a vocalist in a hardcore band of just like oh do all you do is yell i mean that's like a very gross oversimplification sure sure, sure. i mean they're not wrong though too no they're not wrong but it's just that <laughs> i the idea of this being a muscle and you exercising it is only going to help you perform and and last longer beyond that as well right exactly exactly the um 
speaking of the fact, I mean, like you brought up ways away, like, I mean, you're a maniac because you participate in a lot of different projects, you know, Tradewind, Wish You Were Here, Other People Records. And clearly there's a through line between it all. Like there's, you know, the DIY, you know, punk and hardcore mentality, whether you're playing that style of music or not. Right. How do you feel like they all play together? Is it just the fact that you want to participate in all these things and you can't say no? Or is it, you know, is it something else that's motivating you? Yeah, I think, honestly, I don't know. I think from like, a, if I was to look at it from like a, from a, from like a analytical sense, I think it has a lot to do with like, especially the older I get, I start to see it a hell of a lot more. Like my generation of, 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 person who kind of has this like can't sit still um mentality like the half job bob uh as chris calls it half job bob uh generation where it's like we like to start things and 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 we're not always the best at like following through or finishing them but um this you know uh starting a project is always really exciting but i feel like i've done a fairly good job at at seeing things through you know like you said I i have the label and i have all those those other projects but for all the projects that i do have there's you know 20 failed ones that lay in their wake. So, uh, <laughs> sure, sure. I, I, I think it just has a lot to do with like, you know, we, we, we kind of grew up with like schizophrenic food and schizophrenic, like, you know, cartoons and like, you know, like the, the, you know, the computer really took off when we were kids. And then like, you know, you could have all this music on an iPad. It's just, you know what I mean? It's like technology really started moving at such a fast pace. And we were, when we were young and our brains just started speeding up and developing all of it. And I think that that might have a little bit of a, to do with why I kind of am the way that I am. But um, th- definitely all my projects are, uh, are like an extension of, of me and my, and my own personality and kind of how I, how I view the world. And so I, I feel grateful that I get to express myself not only one way, but like, I don't know, six different ways. <laughs> Sure. Right. All these different, all these different outlets to get, you know, just, just different versions of Jesse out there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, shut the fuck up already. Jesus. <laughs> right. I, I thought, I thought two was enough, but three. Oh my gosh, dude. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and so with, uh, with the idea of, you know, touring, like there is, is clearly a, a different level that you are at in regards to, I mean, not only touring here in the States, but touring in Europe. And I mean, I know that you, you obviously tour in, you know, fans over here in the States and what's your relationship with touring now? I know it's fresh because we're talking about the global pandemic existing and there was no touring for two and a half years, but how, how have you, I guess, how has your relationship evolved with touring to where you're at now? Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 fucking hard. And I and I know we were all trying to decide on this last run where we like, is it just because we're like, it's like the first real one back and we were just trying to get our legs still or is, or are we old or is it is this just harder now? And honestly, it might just be a, a, a mix of all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess the honest answer would kind of be like, it's a little too early to say. Um, but I, I do know that like, you know, slowing it down has always been like on has been like a top priority uh uh list item for stick to your guns and and i think most if not all of the band feels feels that way it's just you know maybe it's too high up on the page because then you know we can't see it anymore you know what i mean but like we we always forget to take that part into account but but i'm hoping this time 
uh, we, we, we do it because honestly, I, I, you know, not to get into the, like the, the, the politics of like the music industry, it's just, you know, you have so many bands touring all the time, you get oversaturated markets and, you know, all that kind of shit. And it's just like not fun for anyone, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like touring is the only way uh, a band makes money. So it's, you know, it's, it's pretty rational logic to think the more you tour, the more money you're going to make. But, you know, at the same time, you're kind of like in a weird way, like deflating your band at the same time, you know? And so honestly though, it's like, you know, if you tour too much, people are going to be like, all right, Jesus, we fucking get it. You know, but it's, you have to kind of walk that sweet line between like, being that, uh, that very thin line between like making sure you're not just like beating it to death, but then also like, you know, you got to make money too. You know what I mean? Like literally there's people in our band who have other mouths to feed and mortgages and all that kind of shit. So it's, it can be a difficult relationship to balance. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. It's like, yes, we need to tour, but is this tour going to be the one that all of a sudden gets, you know, 20% less the next time we come through as far as ticket sales are concerned. And then that will be the, you know, self-perpetuating cycle down the road of, well, we can't tour anymore here. So no, like, sure, sure. I mean, and that's, that's only one aspect of it too, which is a massive aspect, if not, you know, one of the biggest, but there's also the aspect of like, the, like, are you going to burn yourself so much that you just don't even want to like, you know what I mean? Like, are you going to just going to, you know, there's been certain tours where I'm like, Oh, the, we're not, surviving after this you know what i mean like this right right um and and i think we've had too many of those honestly if i if i can speak frankly like i think six year guys has had too many of those moments on too many tours um that it's kind of turned us into more of a of of a dysfunctional unit than i would like to admit sometimes um but i i would like to think that especially after the pandemic like hopefully lines of communication between members have, have have gotten a little bit more have gotten better and, 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 and you've worked with me, like you've worked with me for many, many years. Like, you know, I think you, I'm pretty sure you could probably name all of like my weaknesses. If you were like my boss, you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> sure, if I was trying sure. to get a job from you right now, you'd be like, bro, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is not the role. <laughs> this, this is not the role for you, Jesse. I think you'd be, I think you're better suited over here for that. Yeah, no, I, I understand. No, but you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I'm very self-aware of, of how um, difficult of a person I can be to, 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 to deal with. And so, you know, but anyway, you know, the, 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 it's a long way of me trying to say the road can wear people out and it can wear relationships thin. And so you got to make sure you're taking care of it in that way too. You know what I mean? And like, you know, I, I try to fight for days off for multiple reasons for our brains, but also for my, my, my vocal, my vocal rest and shit. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just kind of tr- do your absolute best to try to make sure, especially when you've been a band as long as we have, if you're 20 years old and you're listening to this and you're in a band, just go tour forever. Right. <laughs> Never <laughs> stop. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But like, once you start getting into that 20 year area, it's like, okay, you're going to run. we we'll really want to make sure you, you kind of like, step a little lighter and make sure you, you you're talking to everyone and make sure that everyone feels listened to and, and heard and you're taking everyone's shit into account. That's something that I can forget sometimes because I get into so I get so um, 
zeroed in on a on a vision that I can sometimes forget. Oh fuck, there's there's other people involved in this thing, you know. So um, that's been a big learning experience for me. But either way, it's you, you just want to make sure you don't overdo it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm excited to talk to you about Evil Greed. What are they? They are an online merchandise purveyor based out of Berlin, Germany. But here are the things that make them special. Well, first and foremost, they give you, the listener of this very podcast, 10% off your first order by using this promo code 100 words. That's the number 100 words, 10% off your entire order. So, what makes them special? They are a very carefully curated roster of bands and labels that they sell stuff for. They don't just welcome anyone and everyone in. We're talking about bands like Nails, Power Trip, Russian Circles, Chelsea Wolf, Emma Ruth Rundle, Deaf Heaven, and they work with record labels like Sargent House, Closed Casket Activities, Triple B. The thing that I like about them is that they act like a record label. They act like a tastemaker where it's like, yo, if you're working with Evil Greed, that means you are of a certain variety, whether it's just this cool, artistic, heavy music, like they have it really dialed in and they ship it fast to you no matter where you're located. In the US, no problem whatsoever. They'll get it to you lickety split. So again, use the promo code 100 words that gets you 10% off your entire order. You're supporting the band, you're supporting a independent owned in business, owned in business? That's not even a word. You get what I'm saying though. I love what Evil Greed does. <clears throat> Carefully curated roster based in Berlin, Germany. Use the promo code 100 words, 10% off your order. Now, here's the rest of the show. Similarly related where the the fact that you as a person, your stature from a, you know, numbers perspective, people paying attention to the band, people paying attention to, you know, Jesse as a, as a personality. And I don't mean to over inflate that, but just, you know, sure. that's, that's the way that people perceive it, especially because you have clearly crossed over to, you know, not just being a quote unquote hardcore band. And, uh, how have you had to, I, personally either navigate that or adjust your own the attention that is paid to you and like you were talking about at the very beginning of just like not buying into you know i am jesse from stick to your guns and like trying trying to find that route to it because i'm sure you've had many of those moments where you're just like i just wish like you why, why do you really care about what i say like what's what's so important about me or whatever no sure 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 i that that also might just be like a bigger cultural cultural thing as well, where I just feel like that's, that's, I don't want to say everybody, I don't want to generalize, but it's just like that, that, just, that seems to be kind of like, especially now I have, I've had to learn how to navigate it a little bit better with the, with kind of how much of a, of a minefield social media can be. Um, and so, you know, obviously, you know, 
yeah, I definitely run into it, especially as someone who is as, as like outwardly facing like a socialist as, as I am. Like I, I, I have to remember, I have to remember a lot of things. <laughs> and, and that's, that's yes. just to say the least, you know what I mean? And, 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 and so I don't know, like it, it, it definitely comes along with the territory. I guess the thing that confuses me the most is, you know, there are a great deal of people who are, who, who get upset at me over political conversations I have had or things that they think I think or whatever. Um, but these are all things that I learned at hardcore shows. And that's, that's really right there in that moment. I'm learning now I'm seeing the, um, the age, the age gap, the age divide, you know what I mean? Like, Ray, when you were going to shows when you were younger, I'm sure you would walk into a show and see a table of zines that have anarchy A's on them, that have hammers and sickles on them, that have like the, the, the uh, animal liberation front shit. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't a such a radical thing, you know, at least in, in hardcore, it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like we right. knew, Correct. we knew that the politics were, were, were radical, but in, in, in a hardcore show, you could talk about just about anything you wanted to and have, have discussions and, and, and so on and so forth. So that's the part that I guess if people want to gripe over something that they think, something that they think that I think there's really nothing I can do about that. That's just the internet kind of like, you kind of just have to like, keep your head down and, 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 and just like roll with the punches on that. Um, cause once the internet gets a hold of something and says, this is what it is, then there's not really much you can do to, to, to combat that. But, you know, people getting upset at me over, over, over thinking that socialism is, is a good thing is, is always, especially hardcore kids. Like that's the part where I've always just been like, wow. Okay. So yeah, here's the, here's the divide. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel, and I always told myself I was never going to back in my day, but, but honestly though, it's like, that wasn't a, that wasn't such a radical thing. Like that wasn't when we were going to shows. It's where I learned it. It's where I learned the whole thing. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's weird to see the yeah. scene where I learned this thing kind of not turn on me. That's, that's too dramatic, but like for people not to understand, like, no, 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 this is what this place is for, or at least it's what I thought. Now it's in the hands of new people. So it's up to them to, to, to kind of decide that. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's, 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 there's been an injection of aesthetics that I think has not served our music world. Well, sure. And yeah, Uh, no, I see, I see what you're talking about, especially in the idea that once things, I mean, now that this scene has been able to uh, exist for a longer period of time, you know, whatever, over 40 years, if we're talking like early eighties and, you know, the DC scene and stuff like that, it, it, now it's at the point where the, the tent has been built for so many different people to pop into what it is that you guys do, but maybe not have a deeper connection to a, a, more independently minded scene, even though you would maybe expect a person to interact with stick to your guns and be like, Oh, I wonder else what they're into or whatever, but maybe there's less of an appetite for that. And then especially what you're talking about being able to trace the line back to, Oh yes. Like, you know, you, of course you would buy a vegan brownie next to a, you know, communism pamphlet. Like that's of course, like that's just what you'd see at every show. But yeah, I I see exactly what you're talking about. But I also, you know, kind of to your point earlier of like, you know, I've always kind of, I kind of, I take, actually, I take a great deal of pride in this now. We are a gateway band. You know what I mean? Like we're the, we're the weed of, of, of fucking hardcore, you know, right? I mean? <laughs> totally. Genuinely, though, it's like we take Warp Tour kids 
we get them on stick to your guns. And then before you know it, they're just like, you know, selling their stick to your gun shirt shirts on eBay because they're, you know, they're all locking out kids now. You know what I mean? And it's like, but, but that's genuinely like what I, I take pride in that. I like that. I want to introduce people to this world. And we're, I hope that like, you know, I hope hardcore can at least view us in that, in that regard, because I, it, it would be dishonest for me to just pretend like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, minor threat, black flag, stick to your guns. I don't understand the difference. You know what I mean? Like, that 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 would be dishonest but at the same time it's like like what you were saying like you look at someone like henry or you look at someone like ian and like they're still that same kid and that's almost like the ethos i was talking about earlier where it's like i think now i just want to make sure i'm making that fucking goofy that goofy kid um who really wanted to do nothing but like make his friends laugh and like be nice to people like making sure he's proud is is going to be the way forward while also you know causing causing fucking causing trouble for dickheads along the way you know what i mean yeah totally yeah yeah not being right not not being afraid to pull your punches when you see something that is not kosher by your eyes where it's like this is uh, i know the way that i would react to this if i was a younger you know if i was a 14 year old experiencing this i would say the same thing except yeah so I, i totally get what you're saying the uh, something that I've also found very uh, cool and interesting about your band is the fact that, like you were mentioning, once you started to play shows over in Europe and that entire uh, continent started to really embrace you guys, more specifically certain countries. I mean, like I know Germany does really well for you guys. Right. And, um, you know, it's been really heartening to see because and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but that's definitely a hardcore band's kind of retirement plan. No, it 100% is 100%. Yeah. And I feel like we, we kind of went up into that like cool stratosphere level of like where AF lives and we're sick of it all lives and where all those bands can go literally forever and make money, you know? Right. Totally. Like you can, yeah, you can pop in, do those festivals, you know, every year and then be able to use that to either sustain yourselves or obviously be active over here in the States. But I'm sure it's difficult for you to not not just pinpoint it, but kind of figure out why you guys were able to go up to that level. Was it just the fact that you guys hit it so hard over there for as long as you did? Um, I mean, I'm sure it's a combination of a lot of different things, but do you think about that at all? Yeah, all the time because I a lot of people ask us advice because they kind of see it. They I think sixty year guns, you know, it's <laughs> in a lot of aspects. Stick to your guns is kind of like the guinea, not the guinea pig band, but like we were the band that kind of was like that made other bands go like, oh, well, if Stick to your guns can do it, we then we can. You know what I mean? It's like right. I, don't, I don't think it was necessarily. I don't think it was necessarily meant in like a shitty way or anything. I think it was just meant more so just like I think that it was just kind of like we just seemed like like a kind of like a band full of goofballs who didn't really like necessarily get caught up in the business with shit so they were like oh, okay if, if they if they can do it then like almost like we made it look kind of like easy or whatever even though it wasn't at all um because it was right that. it was I, th- I think it was a culmination of two major things the the first of of which being getting like go- going over there constantly you know what i mean and i think we loved just being over there and seeing the world and and like experiencing these new places so we didn't really give a shit if the show was going bad or not because it was at the end of the day for us we were just like we're in europe this is awesome um but europe can be can definitely be a very difficult place to tour as well as i'm sure you know but um this uh and then the second thing being we got like the cosign 
You know what I mean? Like we did our first tour over there was that hell on earth branded tour. And it was like walls of Jericho. And that was on that one. And then the second time we went over there was with terror. And then it was, uh, then we were on like one of those MAD tours. That's like hate breed AF sick of it all. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, and I think right. that kind of like, you know, I remember, I even remember Roger from AF being like, yo, like stick to your guns is like, they're carrying the torch of the young of the young kids. And I think that that kind of we brought a we brought a younger kind of kid. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't so much division between what a metalcore kid was and what a hardcore kid was back then. You know right. what I mean? It was it was it was it, it was uh You guys were kinda... you guys were definitely that bridge not only from an age perspective but just the idea that you started to draw people and so the older bands wanted you to draw a younger crowd and then because right. of that there was that symbiosis that happens where these you know the old the old guard was handing that torch to you guys where it's like yeah these guys are legit like we vetted them we're good we're good (laughs) exactly that that's honestly what it was that's probably a better way to say it that's not so sensationalized it's like they vetted us and we're kind of like they're with us they're cool like it was like that you know what i mean it wasn't like a big grandiose thing or whatever but like and i think that also what that did was like the older crowd kind of was just like who maybe didn't even fuck with us maybe they were just like this sounds too crazy but like respect you know what I mean? Like it was, right. kind of like that. it was kind of like that vibe. And so I think that also really helped along with us just like beating the hell out of every little village we possibly could, you know? What I mean? Right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Hard, hard work. And then timing in regards to that definitely helped. Cause you, there, right. Cause there was that, there was that era of the, you know, late two thousands, uh, you know, early tens where those bands that you were talking, you know, agnostic front sick of it all, like they still drew a massive amount of people and they still do but there was that younger crop where it's like yeah there's only so many times parkway drive can tour europe like we need more (laughs) we need more choice you know sure sure exactly exactly and that's kind of what i say that's what i say a lot because it's like a sad truth where like being in a band is kind of a war of attrition because i used to say like all you got to do is be kind of good and as long as you can last long enough eventually like your moment will happen you know what i mean and it's like i've seen that happen so many times and it's like to add an other to add an even a, a, another layer to that it's like stick to your guns like and this again this isn't me being false and modest or whatever it's like ob- like like objectively when you know those early days of stick to your guns like we were a straight up bad band we were not good we were not good on record. We were not good live. Like we were just bad, but we just had like a thing that people resonated with for whatever reason. And we were also able to stick around because we were all like high school dropout kids who all had jobs. So we were able to like, you know, you know, do whatever we needed to do to try to, to just continue down the road. And then eventually someone was like, fine, we'll take you on tour. And then, then it kind of just snowballed. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's well, I mean, the I think it's a common joke in the music industry of, you know, what's the most what's the hardest part about being a band staying together? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. It's 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 so stupid, but it's absolutely true. Or it's like, I don't care what style of music you play, just getting more than one person in a room like that, you already complicated. So, yeah, it's 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 very true. It is a war of attrition. A lot of the times, like and I've seen this happen to other people and I never really take the time to think about it. It's like sometimes you can just end up in a band with people who you don't even know if you like them. And then all of a sudden you're in this like five year relationship with this person that you don't even like as a human being. And I've gotten really lucky that that's never happened to me. And you know what they say, it's like, uh, like I'm probably the guy 
for everyone else. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Yeah. You're like, I love everybody. They're like, yeah, we tolerate Jesse. It's- <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm like, honestly, bad sick. Everyone gets along. And it's like, yeah, it's probably because I'm the fucking guy that united them to hate me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. You're like the band stays together because I am so incredibly difficult to work with. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I got blinders on. It's good. We're good. We're fine. We're fine. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> they'll coo my ass one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> they're just they're they're busy uh, you know, uh, holding auditions secretly, you know, on MySpace so that way you, no one has any visibility into it. So it's perfect. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh two last things I want to hit on was the uh I, I'd be remiss if I did not bring up All Power Books because I think it's uh, not only is it incredibly special what you have been able to do in regards to community resources and completely backing up your politics within that and then the fact that you were doing this in the middle of the pandemic. Um it's it, it's one of those things that I'm sure that anybody viewing it on the sideline was just like, what the hell is Jesse into? Like, what is this? I don't understand. Like, you know, like a free bookstore that's like giving out food and medical supplies. Like, um, it, it, what what? And this could be a difficult question for you to answer. But what is it meant to you to kind of put that into action? Yeah, I mean, I always, you know, I, I think, you know, for as long as you and I have known each other, and it's like, I, one of my earliest memories, and I think it honestly might have been the day we met was when we were, it was, it was in the smoking section of Chain Reaction, we were just talking about propaganda or whatever. Um, and so, you know, you know, that I've always kind of been on the, the politically left side of things, even if back at back in those days, I didn't fully grasp the concepts. Um, I kind of just knew a vague idea of like, yeah, this, this is the side that believes that, like, we should probably take care of the world and each other. So that's where I want to be. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been kind of able to express that aspect of, of, of myself um, through, through stick to your guns. But like, it, it was a completely different thing when I got to express it like in a material way and not just through like songs, I guess. Um, and it's, it's been an amazing learning experience, honestly, and, and seeing the way that you, you, you I have an intimate knowledge uh, about the way things work, um, like certain systems and, and, and the, uh, you know, the corruption of our, of our, of our uh, social welfare system that we have uh, in California, but also just all over the, all over the country. Um, and kind of seeing, see, you see, uh, you know, you, you're met with so many terrible things. <laughs> You know what I mean? And, 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 and every day you have to hear like horrible, horrible things and witness pretty, pretty difficult things to witness, but it, it, it brings people to, it has brought people together in a way that I never thought was possible. That is so um, deeply profound to me that it almost like, you know, this isn't even shitting on stick to your guns, but like, you know, I don't know when I, when, when I'm at all power, I feel like, I feel like anything's kind of possible like i have that i have that young kind of feeling that we've all kind of gotten like too bitter to have as we get older of like i can i can change the world i can accomplish anything and like the more people i meet and the more we're able to do and 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 help each other it's 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 this i don't know it it's given me in a world that i was definitely feeling hopeless in you know what i mean even even though i might have been on stage preaching hope i think that if i was being honest with myself i i felt pretty pretty, uh, pretty hopeless and, and, uh, um, overwhelmed by it all and, and getting in touch, uh, with, with my politics in a material way like this and being able to express it in, in such a, in such a forum as, as the bookstore has, has empowered me, um, in a way that, that I think I was missing for a while. And so it, yeah, it's, 
it's to me the greatest thing I've ever done in, with my life. And, and, and I can say that when I get to the end of my life, it, I will have, I will have done all that I can to try to leave the world a better place than, than, than when I got here. You know what I mean? And that, that, that brings me a sense of, uh, that bring that makes me happy. It makes me happy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that really shines through in, you know, even as something as simple as social media, it's, it is profound to watch a person land at something where it's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I, I was meant to do this as cheesy as that sounds. It's like, yeah, I'm stepping into this. Right. Right. And I think that's the whole, you know, the whole point too, is like showing community togetherness, but also like we want to try to have some sort of political education, you know what I mean? And it's not like, um, it's not like, um, you know, that, that, that's not, I don't want to make it seem like we help with strings. You know what I mean? Like right. we, you have, you're like, okay, yeah, we're going to give you groceries, but you have to, you know, read this passage from Mao's little red book or, you know what I mean? It's not, it's nothing, it's nothing like that. It's, right. uh, it's, it's, it's indiscriminate. We, we help, we help indiscriminately. Uh, I mean, unless like you're like a Nazi or something, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, that, that's, that's the whole point. And, uh, and, and it's in the, I think the most amazing thing that I've seen is the way that people who we help have then come back to help us. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all, all I care about is trying to empower my, my community. And it's a really difficult time for people right now who, who can't afford their homes or can't afford to feed their children. And we deal with that a lot. We come in with like, and, and it sucks because it's not, people come in and it's not that the fact that they're asking for food, that they don't have any food to feed their family. That's, that's the most heartbreaking part. It's the, the way in which they come in with such shame. They're taught to feel so uh, horrible like they got themselves into that position and they let their family down and they let themselves down and they're worthless. And all we're trying to do is let people know that, Hey, this is like a systemic issue. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. Like a lot of people can make the wrong mistakes that put themselves in difficult positions, but the the system is set up in such a way where that is meant to happen. Um, Right. It's the, 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 the outcome that is, the cards are, you know, stacked against you, whatever metaphor you want to use. It's, it is not a surprise that you ended up here and you shouldn't wear that as a, you know, as, as a mark of shame. That's just like, exactly. Oh, here, like, yeah, we we were almost waiting for you. We're glad we're here. Really, really, really. That's what it is. And I try to tell them like, no, I get my groceries from our distros too. You know what I mean? It's like, it's life is fucking difficult on me as well. It's like, you know, the pandemic made it such a way where it's like, I, I'm three months behind on rent and I'm trying to keep up with my bills and do my thing. It's like this, 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 this economic system, it's like, yeah, there are people in different varying levels of like poverty and, 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 and things like that. But it's like, it, that's not the point isn't to be like, Oh, how much do you have? How much do you have? Okay. Well, you guys can't help each other. How much do you have? How much do you, you know, it's like, we're all, we're all in this kind of this, this group together. And I think that's what the pandemic did too, was kind of put that under a, put that under a microscope and, and, and kind of showed people that society is actually organized in this way, that society isn't random. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's organized in such a way to where a lot of these problems that, that everyday people are facing are, 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 are meant to happen. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because those billionaires who have all that money, that does their money doesn't mean anything if we also have that money. 
You know what I mean? It's like the whole economic system is based on the only way for them, those the insanely rich, to have anything of value is if we don't have certain things. And so, um, yeah, I think that's just like talking with people and getting them to see these things and trying to get them more involved in their community. And that in turn gets them involved more politically. And and, and yeah, it's it's been a beautiful project. Sorry. Yeah. No, that that is exactly why I brought it up because I, I think that it it is a project that I think is is special, and I, I think that because you have the platform that you do, being able to not only share your political beliefs and you know all the landmines that that can be stepped in in regards to that, you just being able to show this purest form is I, I think like you said empowering because at the end of the day, all you're trying to do is help people out. So yeah, I think yeah, it's- no, exactly, and I think people can see what my politics are through through my actions. Yeah, we can get into the weeds about it if you want to, but it's like there's no point to do that. Like I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to help people and, and myself, you know what I mean? It's like, this is also selfish. It's for me, yeah. too, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not just, I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not some prophet or I'm not like an NGO leader. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not like this. I'm involved in a political process that involves me. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Like, I'm just a, I'm another person, you know? You yourself, you wear your politics on your sleeve. You wear your emotions on your sleeve. You're a very out there person. And uh, I know people engage with the band because of that um, in many different respects. But I know that there are people that like stick to your guns. And then the moment that they understand that you are a political band is like, Oh my gosh, like won't this guy shut up or what? It's just like in the same way that people are surprised that rage against the machine is a political band. It's like, are you kidding me? Like what's wrong? (laughs) And I I know you don't, you can't control who gets into your band or gets into your art because that's the, you know, the Faustian bargain when you put it out there. Um, how have you had to kind of navigate that personally as the band grows larger and you're introducing more and more people into this and they might like your music, but then, you know, they hate who you are or what it is that you espouse, even if it's just something as simple as like, take care of other people. Um, how do you, how, how have you navigated that? I mean, it's, it's, it's been like a terrible, a turbulent uh, relationship just because I don't, I don't always, like you said, it's like, I, I, a big thing I'm working on is just making sure that when like, I'm feeling, um, overwhelmed or anxious or things like that, that I don't, uh, react poorly. And I think a lot of the times, given how many things I have to think about in a day because of how much I have going on. And and again, that's all self-inflicted. Someone could say something to me. Two people can say the exact same thing to me, but on, on different days and given what I have going on on one day versus another, I could react in two completely different ways. And so I guess my thing that I have to have had to try to learn is, is like, just try to keep it cool. Um, and as corny and as, as like, like, uh, dad, as this might sound, it's like, I can kind of only control the way that I react to things. Um, but at the same time, it's like I, I, I'm never going to turn down like trying to have a principled discussion with someone. But a lot of the times I can take the bait on people who are just trying to like poke at me, you know what I mean? Like and like push my buttons. And I've kind of always had like a policy of like, like, you know, you how do I say it? It's like you come to me to say something that you're hoping I get upset about and then I get upset about it and freak out at you. And then you're all like wait, why are you being so mean? Like, I, I, I never understood that. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, I just have to understand like, yeah, these, these, this isn't going to benefit your life in any way. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to change any minds here uh, by trying to engage in like a, a, um, a conversation about like 
you know, the red army or whatever. You know? Right. <laughs> right. Dumb bullshit. People want to try to talk to me about, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's they're, right. There's no, this is not the time or the place either on social media or, you know, five minutes after a show, like the, there's no ability to have a nuanced discussion about this. Like if there's a time and a place for it, then so be it. But these avenues are not the way to engage with this. Yeah. Cause it's also like, you know, especially when I, when I come out and call myself a socialist or a communist, it's like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tricky history to navigate. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I'm not a, I'm not, I'm, I'm a Marxist. Right. And so I try to have a historical analysis about things and denying those wouldn't be Marxist. And so it's like, what you do is you try to, you try to give those things context and, and you try to understand why those things happen so that, you know, when, should you ever be in a position to where you have a democratic hand in organizing society on, on, unlike the society we're currently living in. Um, unless you know where previous projects went wrong, you're not going to know how to avoid those mistakes. So I, I, I try to be level-headed about things. And it's like, I, I, that's why I hate arguing like communist history with people because it's like not everyone is coming from the same like historical context. They, they probably have a very propagandized view of, of whatever it is that they want to argue about. But it's like, even if I did think like the horrible thing that you're saying to me is true. Um, which most of the time, almost, almost all of the time is, is untrue. Like I said, a lot of people like to get upset at me about things that they think that I think. Um, but it's like, what is me thinking this thing? How, 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 you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you were aware about the like Ukraine, Russia shit that happened. I I was. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I, I I existed. I existed on the internet. So yes, it got reflected. I'm surprised you didn't ask about it, to be honest with you. And, and if this was your way of asking about it, you you, you did it in such a masterful way that I, I, I tip my hat to you, sir. Um, <laughs> well, I, I wasn't because it's one of those things where it was like I, I felt so – I just in seeing what little I did see where I was like, this isn't even worth – like knowing you as an individual, I'm like, this isn't even worth my time talking sure. about this or putting any real thought – beyond just the fact that like oh jesse may have said something that ruffles people's feathers and bum people out but it was probably not you know not only not intentional but not uh you know a holistic view of what jesse's point was trying to be you know sure there's sure so yeah and 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 that was and that was you know i've and 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 there's been a lot of interviews we've wanted to talk about it and i've said i would rather not but i will because we're, we're we're great friends um and uh but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give kind of the overview. It was basically like I got into argument, especially, you know, with, with, the, with, the, with the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I got into an argument about with people about certain, you know, uh, historical context of things, a lot of which being, I mean, they, it was a bunch of different, a bunch of different topics. You know what I mean? That's the thing. It's like it, I talked to people about so many different things and, it, and, and you know, a, a lot of people being like, oh, well, you're a communist. Well, Russia is invading Ukraine. How, how, how come you're not speaking out against that? I'm like, because Russia is not communist. I don't know. I don't know why they, you know what I mean? They once used to be, but they are no longer a communist power. So I don't understand what this has. To, and, and not only that, like why I have, why, why it started with, why aren't you talking about this? Because apparently a lot of people thought like, oh, you talk about fucking everything. You never shut the fuck up. So why, <laughs> right, right. why aren't you saying anything about this? And, and, and so I avoided it for a long time and then I finally did. And people didn't really vibe with what, what it was I was, I was saying. 
And then it turned into this massive thing that got taken over by one of those like body, um, like save Ukraine accounts. That's like really just like one of these accounts that just posts like infographics and they have like 600,000 followers, but most of them are like bots or whatever. Um, one of those accounts got a hold of it. And then all of a sudden we just got like a social media flood of like all this shit. And then it ended up actually getting a bunch of shows canceled, like five shows canceled. And so, yeah, that was a, that was a tough thing to navigate because again, I don't really see, you know, a lot of people were, were getting upset at me about something that I, I hadn't even said, or, or, or they were getting upset at me about something that I don't even think. And that's, that, that was the part that I found most frustrating. If you want to be mad about me, if you want to be mad at me about something, I actually think that's a different story, but it's like, if you want to be mad about something that you're just, you're just drawing your own conclusion on, then that's, that's, it's a weird position to be in because I feel like I need to protect myself or, or not, sorry, not protect myself, but defend myself. But there's such a horde of people coming at you who know nothing about you that, it's like impossible to do. So it, it was like very overwhelming and, and, um, sure. That's I, honestly, I'm, I'm sure in certain respects, I mean, traumatizing because it's like you are now at the center of this maelstrom on the internet and you're not even able to talk about it in a meaningful way. It's like, you just have to shut up and take it. Yeah, no, exactly. And honestly, maybe that's okay. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah, it's just, it's a good point. It's just what needed to happen. You know Maybe I just need to shut up and take it. But like, you know, it, it was, it, it, it was, it was definitely frustrating, especially like people like think like saying I'm anti-Ukrainian refugee and saying that I'm pro Putin and all this, all this wacky, all this wacky <laughs> fucking shit where I'm just like, I'm very, very loud about what it is I like and what it is I don't like. And you can see it all over my Instagram. You can see it all over my Twitter. Where is there a picture of like a Ukrainian refugee crossed out? Like this is insane. This is insane to say something like that. Not only that, where is there a Russian flag? Where is there a picture of Putin? You know what I mean? Like if th- this would be different if you want to, if you want to come after me about my like support of, of, of Cuba, that's different. Fine. But like this, it was just like, that's, that's the whole thing. It was so, it's almost just like, man, you guys had such a shot to try to like, to try to like de-platform me, I guess. And you did it over the dumbest thing. You did it over about something that like, I don't even believe in. So it's like, yeah, I felt like it was a wasted shot on their part. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I I knew all I had to do was just like be quiet a little bit more and it would blow over. And sure enough, that's, that's what happened because a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to buy this one. Right. Yeah. Well, it's the, you know, the, the cycle of rage that exists on the internet is. Sure. I'm sure that played into my defense as well. Of course. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just like, all right, well, that's, that's going to be not the issue of the day anymore. And like, there, especially when there's no there, there, like you were talking about, where it's like, if I actually believe this and we, you know, we're able to point back to the fact that like, oh yeah, here's this litany of things that Jesse has been posting all over the internet for 10 years. Like, of course right, we can right. follow that, that breadcrumb trail, but it's like, that doesn't, it's not there. So. Yeah, exactly. And you, and you see, you kind of see the opposite of that in fact. And, and, and not only that, it's like, it's like, like even what I was trying to say to people, it's like, even if I did believe these things, even if I did, which again, I don't, I'm not pro Putin and I'm not anti-Ukrainian refugee, which I don't even know, understand why that would be a take that anyone would have. But even if I did believe those things, like in, in what way is that manipulating you? In, in what way is that like abusing you? Like, who did I hurt? Who did I abuse? Who did I manipulate? It's like, yeah, I might've hurt someone's feelings with a take that I had, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people were getting really upset with me over the fact that I said like, Hey, there's like mothers who can't get formula for their children. 
in this country, and we're giving a hundred million or sorry, a hundred billion dollars worth of taxpayer money to, to to missiles. That's probably not a cool idea. You know what I mean? Like the basic shit like that was getting me into such hot water with with like somehow right. that somehow that sentiment is pro Putin. Just simply right. because I'm not, you know what I mean? It's like, it was, it was such a, such mental gymnastics that I couldn't even, I was like, whoa, this is like, I couldn't even keep up. It was, it was madness. But, but either way, yeah, it's, you're always going to have to deal with it. I mean, there was a time when I got banned from a venue uh, in Germany for being pro-Palestinian. And it actually ended up leading me into a, a awesome conversation on Twitter with Talib Kweli and propaganda. It was insane. Um, but that, that, that kind of shit is always going to happen where it's like, especially with stick to your guns. Like I'm always going to say something that's, that's not popular or that maybe, maybe perhaps could go against a popular narrative, I guess. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You're going to push the envelope because that, I mean, that's, that's what you've always, like, you don't know the limit until you reach it. And then it's like, okay, sure. well, is that, is that limit worth me pushing him in farther? Because this is something I actually believe in versus what you encountered, which is literally nothing that's founded in truth. No, exactly. Exactly. And, and I mean, there is also too like pick your battles, like you don't have to constantly yep. be fighting. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, oh, for sure. You don't have the energy for that. Right. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't push the envelope just for the sake of doing it. It's like, okay, well, you know, people are saying this thing is true. And based on my research and, and, and things that I have seen, like that's, this is what I think that's, that's possibly an alternative to what this is being, what's being said over here. You know what I mean? Like that shouldn't be a, that shouldn't be a radical viewpoint just to say something, um, especially something that doesn't hurt anyone, you know? So anyway. yeah. 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 No, I, I, I pre, I appreciate you explaining that. Cause I, I mean, I, I honestly, like I said, I didn't care about it, but I just cared about the, the, I mean, not only you as an individual, but just the, the idea of being wrapped up in something that was, so uh so difficult for anybody regardless of their beliefs to be you know subjugated to that especially if it is something that is just not founded in truth so yeah yeah sure 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 but uh jesse i love you and i appreciate you hanging out with me and uh yes we've we've done this and we'll do it another 10 years where we talk about you even being older you know <laughs> and you're like hey guys we're we're on our 40th tour in germany no big deal it's good absolutely. <laughs> absolutely i would love that ray i love you too buddy thank you so much for having me man thank you very much to jesse for hanging out with me for longer than his allotted time as a professional press human being but uh, shout out to his publicist tim for pulling this together and uh, anytime i schedule interviews with my friends i always find it really fun because i feel like a business professional where it's like yes let's lock it in on the calendar and do this even though i could theoretically just text jesse and he'll be like oh yeah dude i'll, I'll come down tomorrow <laughs> but it gives it you know a veneer of professionality or whatever so anyways shout out to both of them thank you very much Next week, I have another awesome live podcast from Outbreak Festival. This one is, uh, is special to me because these are two young, up-and-coming bands that are at the tip of everybody's tongue. We're talking about New York Times press coverage for some of these bands. So I have Kat from Scowl and Anaya and Dez from Zulu. Dez I've known for many years just throughout the scene, and I love both Scowl and Zulu. I think they're doing some pretty incredible things as far as hardcore is concerned. So yeah, I had a live conversation with both of them, separate times, but obviously I'm combining it for one episode, but very, very fun conversation. So that's what we got next week, and until then, please be safe, everybody. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
trust me in saying that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all of the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.